Welcome to Game Mechanics, the podcast where three guys sit in a dark room and discuss what went wrong with games, consoles, and the corporations behind them. Yay! So then, welcome to the first episode of Game Mechanics. Yay! Yay! Um, so, the topics for today will be Monster Hunter Generations... Nintendo's successes and failings as a corporation. Cross-compatibility among the current-gen consoles. And upcoming hardware that interests or bemuses us. Okay, so, firstly, uh, Monster Hunter Generations. Um, it came out on Friday 15th of July. Who knew? Yeah. Well, we did. We did. <laughs> we did. You didn't, probably. Um, but, yes. So, Ed, what is the Monster Hunter series about? It's about hunting monsters. With big swords that are bigger than than you are. Um, Traditional Japan, there. Yeah, it's a very, very Japanese style game. You are a um, hunter, and it's your job to kill large dinosaur, dragon, kind of beast things that are causing havoc and dismay in the uh, town which you're employed by. And as you kill the monsters, you carve pieces from them and use them to forge better armor and weapons to then hunt harder monsters and progress up and up a sort of ladder of how hard the monsters are so um, as you progress throughout the game your armor gets cooler it gets better um, higher defense ratings and then there's different elements that you can be defended by or uh, used to your advantage to attack monsters with and you eventually reach the final bosses, which are um, stupidly hard monsters that um, you'll need to tactically organize your team in order to actually be able to take down. They're actually really, really exciting, really good games that I've been enjoying for quite a few years. And um, this this game is probably perfect for new players wanting to get into the franchise. Yeah, so Monster Hunter Generations um, is... By, made by Capcom. Um, it's not a Nintendo exclusive, although Monster Hunter Generations itself was 3DS series only. Um, the Monster Hunter series is a massive hit in the Eastern um, world. Uh, in Japan, it is widely advertised and widely respected as one of the best games um, around. It is massive, um, uh, massively respected in that area. Unfortunately, the West doesn't share this uh, trait. We have only a few of the games being released in the West, and uh, even then, not many people buy them because there's not a lot of fans of the game already uh, around waiting for the next one. Uh, we literally, uh, an interesting and rather hilarious story that we ran into the other day is uh, we were in the nearest large town to us, and uh, we walked into a game. Uh, game is the British equivalent of GameStop, uh, and they sell uh, games for all the all the current consoles. And there's even a huge section for 3DS in there. And you wouldn't expect that really, since 3DS isn't that popular. But there's there's a whole uh, section for 3DS games. But uh, the the furthest the advertising went was they have a special edition console that they're sponsored to advertise, and there was a picture of it about the size of a of a fist. And um, we we thought it must have sold out. We thought, ah, oh, damn it, we, we can't get the game on, on release. It's 
so popular it sold out. So he went up just on a whim to, to ask the uh, assistant at the checkout whether uh, they had any of the game in. And uh, she said, what game was it? What game is it? And we said, Monster Hunter Generations for the 3DS. And she said, oh, oh, oh dear, I, I've forgotten to put them out. So, she, yeah. She hadn't sold a single copy on release day because she forgot to put the game on the shelves. Now, if we put that in comparison to a Call of Duty game, for say, if that was a Call of Duty game or other AAA title, it w that person would be fired. Like, quickly. Because it, yeah. that is unacceptable. <laughs> Imagine store. the amount of profit that yeah. they'd lose. Since people, so like most people just walk into the shop, have a look. If it's not there, walk out. But uh, obviously we know to ask. But a lot of people don't bother asking. They just, you know, look at the shelves. If it's not there, walk out. Yeah. Especially on release day. Yeah, but that sort of thing, Monster Hunter Generations, if that was in the East, um, it would be on the shelves, 100%. Yeah. That, is, uh, would, that is the equivalent to Call of Duty here. That would, would be special offer posters down the street. Yeah. Um, but here in the West, it's not as respected and received as it is in the East. So, um, because it's not as respected, there's a, lot, there's a limited... Um, word of mouth advertising and indeed media advertising um, it's a relatively small budget for advertising in the west as well um, because Cam, uh, Nam, Capcom. Capcom that's the one because <laughs> um, Nam uh, yeah. uh, Capcom decide they don't think it's big enough here um, so they limit the advertising which I believe is a mistake. Yeah. yeah if, if they don't think it's big, they should push the advertising. If anything, I definitely agree with that. Um, uh, yeah. The the I think also another problem with how it was released is that it was released purely by uh, on the Nintendo 3DS, which is and its series. Yeah. Um, the 3DS, 2DS, etc. Um, it it's not big enough. the The market share of the 3DS is is limiting. And uh, you, can't, you can't do a lot with that, especially since that uh, the handheld, you know, releasing on a handheld limits the size of the game. You can't have a really huge game on a handheld because you're limited to a certain amount of data and performance. Um, so I can understand releasing a smaller game on the 3DS, but there's no excuse to not have the game release on at least the Wii U, but also the Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Yeah. I I mean, the the new Nintendo 3DS, which I'm currently running the game on, it has the exact same buttons as an Xbox One controller, and you, you would expect that nowadays, but uh, it, it doesn't make sense not to have the game release on these home consoles, especially when uh, the new 3DS has two thumbsticks, a D-pad, A, B, X, and Y, start, select, right bumper, left bumper, and then two extra R, it's ZR and ZL buttons that are on, on the console. Now, compare that with the Xbox One controller. You've got your guide and home button. Uh, no, was it guide and menu buttons? There, those, so start and select. You've got your two dual thumbsticks, A, B, X, and Y, a D-pad, right trigger, left trigger, right bumper, left bumper. So you have exactly the same number of buttons. You wouldn't even have to alter the control scheme to transpose to a console. It's just a case of upping the graphics and you know, having the online interactions be uh, through Xbox Live or PlayStation Network. Yeah. Um, 
Monster Hunter also, well, Generations especially, relies on nostalgia quite a lot. Since the games feature so much of the previous games, you can see the villages from the previous games in Generations and different characters. Um, so new players to the series, like myself, felt slightly left out when we started playing. Um, we didn't get the story, the full story behind it, because there'd no, there'd been no previous explanation to why, or the, any story of the villages, essentially. Yeah, although to uh, veteran hunters like myself, it was a really nice surprise to have the um, Pocky Village and uh, such like return to Monster Hunter, uh, which hasn't been seen since, I believe, Monster Hunter Freedom, um, which is an old uh, PlayStation Portable game, um, um, and PlayStation 2, I believe. But uh, again, the most recent Monster Hunter game that I actually managed to play um, was Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate Edition, and the village that we were employed by in Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate was the Moga Village, which was a small fishing village. Now. You can't actually visit Moga Village, as far as I'm aware, yet. yet, but the characters from the Moga Village are present within Monster Hunter Generations. Yeah. Now, they have dialogue with the character, which only makes sense if you have played Monster Hunter 3, and there is no explanation of it beyond that. It's, it's a case of, if you have played it, you'll understand it. If not, it's gibberish. Yeah. Um, speaking of bringing it to the Western markets, though, um, there is a rumoured Monster Hunter Frontier Online 2 um, being brought to Xbox One, PlayStation, and possibly PC. Um, there is no release date or any further information. Um, this rumour has been going around since July 2015, so it's a good year old. Um, and seeing as we've not got any information, it's a possibility that that isn't a thing. But there's, it, it keeps popping, popping up now and again. Um, you know, rekindling some of the fires. So, moving on yep. from Monster Hunter. Onto the system it is uh, currently running, running on. Yeah. So, um, Nintendo. Nintendo. Now, this, as of this morning, which is um, Wednesday the 20th of July 2016, Nintendo's net worth doubled um, and has, well, doubled since the start of Pokemon Go. And has finally overtaken Sony in their net worth, which, Woo! yeah, congrats to Nintendo for that. Yay! Um, <laughs> so, Nintendo is the best, unquestionably, party game console and game creators. They understand that a party yeah. is people together in yeah, the in same room having drinking, a good time. Drinking. Possibly drinking. Always drinking. <laughs> um, not ha sat half the way across the country in a dark room. Because who ever played Mario Kart, Super Smash Bros, those iconic titles across the country. You you sat in a room with eight eight friends-ish. Eight? No, handing around the controller. <laughs> and that was... I only have three friends. <laughs> <laughs> that was the... Ex they were the experiences that really brought Nintendo to the like yeah. market. I mean, it, how, how long has the Wii been out for? Uh, was it 2000? 2008. 2000 was it? It was as late as that. I thought it was earlier. Anyway, um, I still have my Wii currently plugged into my TV, and uh, I genuinely occasionally get it out and play Smash Bros with my friends. It's yeah. it's that good. It's it's incredible. Um, although 
you'll notice that I said we and not we you. <laughs> um, just like everyone else in the world, I didn't buy a Wii U. Uh, I do, I do have a plan to. Um, yeah. So the Wii um, went on on release for Nintendo was a resounding success, selling 101.63 million units, um, and that is to current day. And according, that's according to Nintendo's own sales figures. Where compare that to the Xbox 360, which has sold 86 million to date, uh, 86 million units. That is, um, with the Wii U, um, we said earlier it was a bit of a failure, and it has only sold 12.8 million. Now, Ouch. <laughs> yeah, right. So That's there a are, kick in the wallet. We have quite a few reasons why this might have happened. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my my first reason, which I always bring up when whenever we're discussing this, is that uh, the Nintendo Wii U uh, is called the Nintendo Wii U. Uh, just to let that sink in a moment, uh, the Nintendo Wii U is failing predominantly because it is called the Wii U. Yeah. So the way that we think feel about it is. If they had changed the name from Wii to a different name, or even just put the number two after it yeah. instead of the word, the letter U, so it, basically we feel that the name Wii U makes it sound more of a an upgrade or a second rem, uh, an extra remote yeah, to the Wii. It's like a plus rather it, than it's a... like a Wii Plus that you would expect a Wii Plus to be an upgrade. A Wii U sounds like an upgrade. Wii U, we upgraded. It, it genuinely. It's almost as if they meant it to be. Whereas, had they released Wii 2, or Wii 360 even, even though Microsoft would probably tear out their guts in terms of uh, legal disputes, Nintendo would then sell the console because people would think, oh, a new Wii, a, a separate console, a new separate console that I can buy that can play new games on. Whereas, the Wii U just sounds like you're going to be playing the same old Wii games that you've been playing for four years on a slightly upgraded console with the new control pad. Yeah. And that leads into the second point that I make, is that the gamepad is the only new thing. They launched the gamepad with, you know, the Wii U is an upgraded console, upgraded controllers, upgraded, uh, and you've got the new gamepad, it's got better graphic capabilities, etc, etc. But the Wii console and the controllers look the same, they're identical. But the Wii control pad was the only thing advertised because the Wii and the controllers were the same. Yeah. So Nintendo advertised the Wii U as a controller. And it's more than a controller, and we know that, but a lot of people don't know that. And they think, well, I don't need that controller. It seems a bit pointless to have on the Wii when I can just use the controllers I already have. But it's not the con the console is not just the control pad and it's not an upgrade to the Wii hmm. which I believe that the Wii U damaged um, really damaged the reputation of Nintendo seeing how Mario Kart Smash Bros and other various party games on the Wii are on previous Nintendo consoles and are still very popular to this day which is why Nintendo really does deserve the chance to take back some market share yeah exactly the um, Super Smash Bros Melee on the was it GameCube I believe the GameCube um, is they still featured at certain tournaments in gaming tournaments because it is that classic and everybody loves that game but not even um, you know not just tournaments at home 
you yeah. know, we still often play Super Smash Bros, Mario Kart, just to have fun. Yeah. They are the timeless classics that really just I mean, do not the, get old. The big thing with uh, Xbox One and PlayStation 4, a lot of their games have cut out split screen. Split screen is, is gone. As far as I'm concerned, it's genuinely dead. Yeah. Um, in fact, my uh, my friend has just literally just now sent a picture to Dan of um, him playing on a GameCube. Yeah. He's uh, actually currently playing he's Mario currently Kart. currently playing Mario Kart on a GameCube right now. Uh, a pure coincidence. Um, and uh, we've we've literally just been speaking about it. That, that is insane. That's madness. Yeah. So... <laughs> You know, it just goes to show that Nintendo aren't dead, but they can push forward with what they've got. Yeah. If they, they don't, if they stop playing with the Wii U idea, okay, I believe they could really pull things back. Yeah, they're gonna have to give up on the Wii because the Wii was amazing. It was a massive success, but it's the, the world's moved on. Yeah. From the Wii now. But what they also need to do with the upcoming Nintendo uh, Project NX, mm. um they've got to compete with the Xbox One and PS4. I They really need to bring it into the mainstream market, which actually competes with the mainstream consoles, okay? But seeing as the NX is going to be using the same chipset as the Xbox One and PlayStation 4, okay, which is the AMD SoC processor, they might have a chance, but it's four years late. Xbox and PlayStation have release their next or revealed their next consoles yep and nintendo again are four years behind um on their game so what do we want with the nx um the nx needs to it's got to be full hd at a minimum 1080p uh to compete and i'd like to see 4k uh, it's, it's unlikely. I'm not expecting 4K, but it would be nice to see 4K. And I mean, if Nintendo really want to push the boat out, um, virtual reality. How cool would that be? Console launches default with virtual reality includes a headset. Yeah. How amazing would that be? Yeah. Um, so the gamepad idea from the Wii U, um, according to the US Patent Office. Um, Nintendo filed a patent in September 2015 um, for a gamepad, a, a second gamepad, um, <laughs> which a lot there's a lot of speculation about it going for the NX. If that is a thing, then the NX is going to be a console handheld hybrid. Yeah. Which hopefully they can do well. Um, but we wanted the NX really to have a controller that, that isn't outlandish and weird like the Wii was, not yeah. as unique, okay? Because it adds problems with developers not wanting to develop yeah. for the console because it's too problematic to port your inputs to such a strange controller. Exactly, and the fact that the Wii was it relied entirely on the motion sensor and uh, the infrared. Uh, connecting to the sensor bar which has to go on top of or below your TV um, that meant that you could never really effectively use any other type of peripheral controller they did release the classic controller which was designed to be more like a, a standard video game controller but 
it was since the games are designed to use that motion sensing you can't really use the classic controller with them it's very difficult to use that mm. and since people buy consoles to play not only party games now and this is where nintendo falls down people don't buy consoles purely for the party games at all people buy consoles because they want to play their favorite games their favorite AAA titles and their favorite indie games on that console and they don't just want to play smash bros now the reason i have my wii plugged in next to my xbox one is because i like to play halo and i like to play battlefield but i also like to play super smash bros nintendo really needs to if in order for nintendo to forward and succeed they really need to open their doors up to more developers and more eight like triple a titles because Games like Call of Duty Battlefield, if people enjoy the Mario series, if they enjoy Legend yeah. of Zelda, and but they also enjoy... Not? How can you not? Yeah, how Seriously. can you not? But if they also enjoy Battlefield, COD, that sort of stuff, they've got to buy two consoles. Or sacrifice the least important of those. Yeah, which most of the time is Nintendo. Yeah, so if Nintendo joined the race as well, then we would not only get... Nintendo, Microsoft, and Sony putting thought, effort, and funding behind their own exclusive titles to make their consoles sell, but it would also be allowing developers a broader spectrum of potential ideas and unique new games to provide for all three systems, potentially improving the gaming community and the industry for good. Imagine a good Halo game. Oh my god. <laughs> well, On Xbox One. Yeah. Halo Reach was, like, we've been both hardcore halo fans for years oh yeah um and we were disappointed with the series since halo 4 so halo 343 industries what the hell are you doing i mean halo 4 was uh, atrocious honestly the storyline was garbage the multiplayer was terrible um it was it was massively disappointing halo 5 is uh the storyline is odd it could lead to something good. It was misadvertised. It was it was massively misadvertised. That's the topic that I do want to discuss later on. Um, but uh, yeah, the 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 storyline of the multiplayer of Halo Five. I apologise. Uh, multiplayer of Halo Five was good. It was a good game. It was fun, and it is it is still enjoyable. And you can play it now for an hour or two and enjoy yourself. Problem is, it does not feel like a Halo game. I yeah. do not think I'm playing Halo when I'm playing it. Yeah. The last time I held, uh, I held the experience of playing Halo was Halo Reach on Xbox 360, or now backwards compatible on Xbox One. Yeah. So, you know, console exclusive titles like Halo, if um, cross-platform um, gaming would be a thing, we could have. Microsoft and 343 putting so much more effort into Halo to make it sell their consoles. Because, imagine, Microsoft would then have to look at what is selling their console, since the consoles would all have very similar specs and would all play with one another, so there'd be no point trying to say, oh yeah, my my gameplay is better because there's more people on online. You, you can't say that anymore. It's not true, because everyone has the same amount of people online. Yeah. So Microsoft look at what's selling their console and the only thing it really is, is their exclusive titles. Forza, Dead Rising, Halo, those are the three, one, three I can think of at the moment. But 
they think, right, we've got to put more into more effort into making these titles good. Yeah. And we have to listen to the feedback of the players who are already fans and who will buy the next console yes. we release. So with handhelds like the PS Vita and Nintendo's next-gen handheld Project NX, mm-hmm. um, we can hope that this compatibility will allow us to play Star Wars Battlefront, for say, with PS Vita players from our Xbox One consoles. Now, that would be incredible. Yeah. PS Vita players, like on the bus, okay, playing through their PlayStation at home, okay, playing to the Xbox One console. It's that sort of social that social area is almost, you know, it was a dream for players three years ago, and with games like Rocket League, you know, breaking boundaries between PlayStation and PC, and soon to be Xbox. You know, it's dreams coming true. Yeah. So it's that kind of game. Rocket League um, is is a good one for it because it doesn't really matter what control scheme that you use. However, cross compatibility between console and PC is possibly where um, the console market could die because uh, the reason I like console over PC and I know that I'm going to be castrated and sodomized by thousands of angry PC elitists when I say this but I prefer Xbox to PC because I like everyone to be equal when I'm playing a first person shooter. On Battlefield for example Battlefield 4 which is my most played game on Xbox One I feel like I am better than people that I play against when I am top of the leaderboard because I know that everyone is using the same controller, the same frame rate, the same graphics. Whereas if you then do cross compatibility between Xbox One and, P- and PC on that game, then I'm like, if I'm three or four places down, I'm no longer inspired to work harder to do better because I'm thinking, oh, well, it's probably just PC players using a mouse, which is a better way to aim. Yeah, we'll say that's one disadvantage of cross-compatibility. Um, another one is less com- competition between the consoles means less reason to do the extraordinary like Nintendo did with the Wii. The market may stagnate and all consoles would be the same machines with a different brand name. Yeah. Then again, it would also push um, innovation in the consoles to make sure that they have the features but the compatibility mm. to stay within the mainstream market. Yeah. Potentially, the security of game servers could be compromised as well because of the exchange of data between different uh, operating systems and systems. Yeah. So, although the companionship of the developers with, um, with Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo and stuff, uh, it could mean that the servers might be designed to be more stable and secure. Yeah, because if uh, Lizard Squad get their hands on that <laughs> server, oh, every everyone's going down, not yeah. just Xbox. Um, <laughs> so, <Lizard Squad. laughs> um, also, bonus good news. Um, the do you remember the Ouya? No, me neither. Um, but consoles like that that try and emerge into the gaming market, uh, they die very quickly. And I think the reason number one reason for that is because they don't already have a player base. So you buy it and you're expecting to play online, and there's maybe three people online and a couple of penguins. Um, so you're struggling to find people to play with online, especially on games that are less popular. Hmm. But if they are, these games consoles emerge into the market, have access to the cross compatibility and the uh, you know uh, single server um, 
then they already have a player base. So these new game consoles designers with all these really interesting and cool new ideas have a chance at captivating a new audience because there's already people playing on the servers that they'll be accessing. Exactly. So if I say to Dan, hey, look, there's this really cool new console coming out. I really want to test it out. So I buy it and Dan still keeps his Xbox One, but I want to play with him on Xbox One to, you know, to because we're friends and we want to play on games together. So I can do that from the new unique console. And if the unique console is really good, I am then going to be like, Dan, this is amazing. You have to get one. But we can still play with our friends who don't have that console. Yeah. It, it just, it would work for those new developers. And if Sony, Microsoft and Nintendo have any sense, they will know that a larger amount of competition is actually good for the gaming community. Yes. Um, another benefit of cross-compatibility, developers can design games with cross-compatibility in mind and add some interesting features. And hopefully, developers can play nice <laughs> and not release console-exclusive DLC. Activision! Yeah, Destiny and Activision, um, we're not going to get into that now. We'll go into that next episode where we debunk Spoiler. Destiny. Spoiler alert. Uh, spoilers. Um, yeah. Um, so hopefully the developers won't prefer one console over another um, and give it DLC or additional yeah. stuff. It'll be very difficult for um, Sony to uh, hold on to their money and not pay developers to uh, give them exclusive DLC. Mm. I know that, but Sony, if you're listening, I'm sure you can manage it with a little bit of counselling. Okay? Yeah. Okay, good. So, moving on, um, upcoming hardware and consoles that interest us. Um, <laughs> right, so we've got four major consoles coming. I think the, the Bemuse part is, the, yeah. is more appropriate for Microsoft's yeah. section anyway. Um, so, Microsoft are bringing two new consoles to the board. Two so. new consoles? Wow, I bet they're so different and unique. Um, Sony are bringing one and Nintendo are bringing one. So Microsoft are bringing um, Project Scorpio, which wow. is a VR-compatible Xbox One. Interesting, interesting. Um, and the Xbox One S, which is a more powerful, 40% smaller, 4K resolution Xbox One. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> Two, at the same time, Yeah. which one do I buy? Yeah, that, that was a massive mistake on um, Microsoft like, part, because you can only buy one. Yeah, and they have immediately, immediately after um, their E3 uh, slot, Sony come onto the stage and almost immediately be like, "Oh yeah, you know how Microsoft are releasing two separate Xbox Ones, one with VR and one with 4K." Um, We're doing it at the same time. So. PlayStation Neo, more powerful PS4 that can do 4K and VR. Yeah, so they smashed the stages at E3 um, with that idea. Smashed Xboxes consoles out of the out paid of the Activision to clean up the mess. Yep. <laughs> um, and obviously Nintendo are bringing the NX, the console handheld hybrid. Which is either going to be incredibly interesting or so, a Wii U with bonus features that yeah. no one else will buy. Yeah. Um, buy so Nintendo have actually yet to reveal the NX properly, which is their next gen console, which is meant to be on the same tier as Xbox One and PlayStation 4. And therein lies another problem. If Nintendo don't realise that they need to be on the same tier as Project Scorpio and the Neo 
then they are going to fail to captivate uh, any audience. Yeah, they're going to be four years late yet again. Again. Um, the cons- the NX is meant to be revealed, or supposedly meant to be revealed, at um, the Tokyo Game Show in September, and it's meant to be released... March Supposedly released March 2017. So... Um, again, four years late on the hardware side um, compared to well, Xbox One. To be to be fair, we don't know. Well, until yeah. We won't know until September. Yeah. Um whether they are hard their hardware is behind but we can suspect looking at previous evidence that they don't have anything going for them at this point yeah so um we now move on to the opinion section for different news stories yeah i brought to the table earlier i was saying about um the shares of nintendo skyrocketing oh yeah, yeah um that is due to pokemon go's amazing success in its first week in the west um basically within a week so uh microsoft uh flipping hell nintendo yeah had managed to overtake sony's net worth mm-hmm. um only by about a billion which is is only by a, bi- <laughs> ah, only a billion ah, <laughs> nothing um they, yeah so especially if this is especially surprising since um nintendo don't own the app uh the app is actually owned by niantic and the servers are owned by niantic um, they don't own the devices which uh, the game is being, you know, downloaded on. Uh, they don't actually own the Pokemon characters. They, that's Game Freak. Yeah, that's Game Freak. Uh, they don't actually own anything at all. Um, so well, they own, they own small shares of each um, company, like Game yeah. Freak and Niantic, but they are literally dancing in cash. Um, their net worth has just skyrocketed, right, for doing nothing. Yeah, so um, they jumped up, punched a brick, and instead of breaking their hand and going to A&E, uh, a thousand gold coins fell out of it. Yeah. Um, Woohoo! So, yeah, well played, Nintendo. Um, we'll see how your net worth lasts yeah, that high. If it, if it carries on like that, perhaps you can uh, fund a console that isn't four years behind. Yeah, hopefully. Please. Um, so, as we've said, next episode should be around um, fixing Destiny. It's going to mm. be a single-topic episode because Destiny needs some serious fixing. So email us with any thoughts of this episode and of any suggestions for next or any future episodes that you'd like us to produce. And we'll see you next time on Game Mechanics. Game Mechanics.